Welcome to Creativity Talks with me, Susan Yates, artist, author, and creative entrepreneur. This show discusses topics around my fundamental belief that everyone is creative. Each week through mindset talks, listener questions, and guest interviews, I will help to inspire you and bring creativity into your daily life. So grab a cuppa, sit back and relax, and let's get stuck in. again everybody and a huge welcome to this episode of Creativity Talks. I am your host Susan and you can find me online at susanyates.co.uk. My surname has a bit of a funny spelling, it's a Y-E-A-T-E-S, so you can find all of my courses, education, podcasts and everything on my website there. And also please don't forget to go back and review Creativity Talks if you are enjoying the podcast, if you find that you are listening every week and you're enjoying the interviews and the things I'm discussing, please do leave a review, it does mean a lot to me. So today I'm very lucky to share with you an interview with a lady called Lisa who is based in Toronto in Canada and she's a drama therapist by training, worked in various settings including hospital schools and private practice and we had a really fun, enjoyable, lively conversation and if you hang on till the end she will share with you a really fun song. So she actually sung to me via our interview, it was really really fun so I do hope you listen all the way to the end. Um, Now Lisa has worked a lot with improvisation, so she's worked with improvisation um, to help people with anxiety, she's taught improv and puppetry classes for adults, and run social skills programs in daycares including puppetry and music. So her creative passions include improvisation, musical comedy, video production and photography. So it's a very different view on creativity, a different set of creative skills to someone like myself that comes from a fine art drawing sketching background. Um, And Lisa has recently launched something called Local Wealth, an online initiative that celebrates and encourages creativity and wellness. She also has a side project called Lisa Joan, where she posts lots of silly creations. So it's really, really rather fun. So um, Lisa is a massive, huge advocate for creativity and also the way that it contributes to personal development. So we talked a lot about this in our conversation and had a lot of fun. So um, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to um, hand you over to this interview and I really hope you enjoy listening. So thank you ever so much for joining me today, Lisa. And let's just start by me asking you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Oh, the big questions. Well, (laughs) thank you, first off, for having me, Susan. It's such a pleasure. Uh, So who am I? So my name is Lisa in the creative field. A lot of people know me as Lisa Joan, which over the years organically became my performing and stage name. Uh, So who am I? I am a a theater addict turned drama therapist. So a few years ago, about seven years ago now, I graduated from the Creative Arts Therapies Program at Concordia University, which is in Montreal, uh, Quebec, Canada. And since then, I have been so, so blessed in the past seven years to work on creative projects, either in clinical atmospheres or in theaters or in schools with different age groups. 
my main form of creative expression and my tool when I work with people is things like improv, so practicing the art of spontaneity and play, puppetry. Um, yeah, one of my absolutely favorite experiences by far to date has been I, I just launched a, a recreational class for adults to learn how to make their own and sew their own puppets wow. and then and then improvising with them on stage. So well, I might that sounds yeah. like so much fun. So oh, much fun. The most fun. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And what's even what's even more special is that my my little class moved on and graduated to continue to uh, perform improv with their puppets so they went on to produce their own shows and these puppets are all known around Montreal uh, which is very cute <laughs> yeah. oh that's amazing you've sparked this slight puppet prediction <gasps> in them and then they're off and yes. they're running and they're flying amazing oh my gosh it's hard not to get attached to those little felt creatures <laughs> um but yeah, so, so that's that's been fun. It's hard to keep this concise because I have just been all over the place. I I can't do the same thing for too long. Um, so I've been really blessed to have different opportunities. And, and uh, when COVID hit is when I made a little bit of a shift. I, <clears throat> I made the choice to move back to Ontario to be closer to family. And so I gave up my practice, which was a tough decision. But it also the silver lining was... Uh, able to go back to my own creative endeavors and spend more time nurturing my own creative outlets and projects and learn new skills and and so I'm really just in that period of soul searching and and exploring well what comes next yeah absolutely so that relatively simple question that I asked at the start as who are you and what do you do is actually not that simple is it (laughs) no it's not it's really not I tried (laughs) to keep it short but no no it's absolutely fine and I think that's probably quite a common theme I think with most creative people is the number of different projects that people do Mm. I'm hugely guilty of that as well I you know I'm writing a book, doing this podcast, creating videos, making art, juggling lots of things all at once. And mm-hmm. do you think that's something about creative people that we've just got all these ideas and we want to explore them all? I absolutely, 100% of all the creative people I've met in my life, they, are, they have a very go, go, go attitude. They have this curiosity about them. And I think that's what's behind it. Um, this desire to learn and grow and explore like what's out there what's next yeah Um, yeah I was gonna say I think curiosity is just it's just a really good point actually and I think because I often say that you know you know toddlers and very small people are very creative and they've Mm -hmm. also got that curiosity because they're learning about the world like what does this do Mm -hmm. mummy what does that do how does this work and they're trying new things out and it is that that curiosity and you know it, it is sad that I feel like at a certain point in time that gets bogged down with other daily routines or responsibilities for many many adults that's just unfortunately part of our society and so I kind of reached a point where I want I want to make it my mission to continue to advocate that it's so important to to let that continue to shine and grow and and just stay playful stay curious Oh, absolutely. I'm totally with you on that. And that's half the reason this podcast is here is to just pursue the creativity thing and fly that flag. (laughs) Love it. Well, thank you for doing this. No, absolutely. And I just wanted to ask for any of my listeners that don't know what a drama therapist is, what, what is a drama therapist? What do you do? 
Yeah, very good question. And thank you. I always kind of brush over that, assuming that everybody knows, but that's not the case. A more familiar field, for those of you listening, you might be familiar with the term art therapy. That's been around a little bit longer. Uh, and so creative arts therapies is just the umbrella that art therapy exists under. So there's different specialties, art therapy, music therapy, dance movement therapy, and drama therapy. The list goes on. And basically what it is, is it's a, a counseling practice where you use creative art strategies, techniques, interventions to help people work towards goals, uh, work through mental health struggles. Uh, basically, anyone going to see a, psych a psychologist or a counselor could benefit from creative arts therapies. We work on very similar goals and we all have different specialties, just like any counselor would. So Fantastic. No, that sounds wonderful. And... It's I, when you sent me some information about the the things that you've done. You said that you've used your drama therapy training in a huge variety of settings, hospital, schools, and yeah. private practice. Yeah, and from yeah. ages, I think, what does it say? Ages from four to sixty-five. <laughs> yeah, huge. And that that's another part. Again, I'm a little bit of a unique or an extreme example of that curious mind. Uh, many people find a, a niche and stick with it and specialize in that. I, I love working and learning about different populations, different people, and I've been really lucky to do that, just working different contracts that are short-term and bouncing around. And oh, the things I've learned from my clients, and I, I get probably just as much out of it as they do. It's such a blessing. And like you were saying, one of my favorite... Uh, populations to work with um, was daycares. Oh my gosh, those minds are so creative and so silly and playful and mm. never a dull moment. Yeah, and I bet they respond quite quickly and throw themselves into it. Whereas I think as adults, we've got these layers of inhibitions or fears or worries that are there on the top. Whereas yeah. younger children don't tend to have that. They're just like, yeah, okay. And they bundle in. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And that that's probably why it was such an enjoyable experience because it allowed me to practice that skill as well of just being in the moment and meeting them where they're at. Yeah. Um, and kind of building off what you were saying, I think on the other end of the spectrum, another favorite project of mine that I'd like to revisit at some point was launching a, an a improv for anxiety clinical program. Mm. So that attracted adults who had been living with different forms of anxiety, whether it's generalized, um, whether they have a phobia, social anxiety is very, very common. And uh, many of them had tried more traditional approaches to therapy. So cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, more of the, the well-known approaches. And they were still feeling very stuck. And so I worked alongside a social worker. Hi, Allie. And, uh, <laughs> and we designed this amazing, I believe uh, our last cohort was 12 weeks long. Yeah. And we had 10 people in the group and we used play and improv to dismantle those filters that you were just talking about. That, that oh, I can't jump in. Uh, and like fearing something that likely isn't actually going to happen. And so it's very freeing and, and oh, just... The, the growth that we witnessed in people through the art of improv, like years ago, if you had told me that, I would have been like, oh, yeah, right. People with anxiety doing improv, forget it. <laughs> um, but it, oh, it's so powerful. It was such a great experience. Fantastic. And do you think there's something about creative practices that particularly is good for wellness? Is there something about it that 
makes it very applicable to healing and getting over you know anxiety or various different things or not necessarily always getting over or solving it entirely but beginning to make progress yeah literally as you ask that question I'm my arms have goosebumps <laughs> just so just thinking about like that is probably the hardest question you've asked me so far because I could talk for an hour and I won't um I would say the thing about creativity that makes it healing is it provides you this safe space to explore different perspectives, different aspects of yourself that maybe have been suppressed out of fear or anxiety. And when you're working with a creative arts therapist, we're also trained to maintain that level of safety, to allow that exploration to happen free of judgment and also have these little activities and and creative projects that allow for experiences of success to feel good that you've accomplished something and it comes from yourself and so oh it's so hard it's so hard to put into words but it's so healing to be in this space that you're getting recognized and seen for creating something that comes from within it's so validating um, so that alone is is so healing. You know, for me, my therapy growing up was just taking theater classes for that same reason. It wasn't formally theater, but hugely therapeutic to build my self-confidence and be told, oh, that was really good. Or to be given direction and work on it and be able to improve. Uh, oh, I can't stop talking. I feel myself going down a path of just never shutting up. It's so lovely to hear somebody so passionate about something and certainly for me in the the realms of sort of creativity and helping people through creativity I'm like it gets me goosebumps I'm like oh this is amazing let's talk for let's talk for hours <laughs> I know we could after this we'll just keep talking um, and one thing that I mean I don't know whether is there something about the voice um I suppose in the the drama aspect of what you're doing that it's giving people a voice and it's encouraging people to speak that helps as well it it definitely can be that's a really interesting um approach uh for sure it gives you the time and space because for creative arts therapies you can also work one-on-one -on -one, just like traditional more traditional therapy and you can work in groups and both have their pros and cons um and and what i say to people who are especially who were looking at the Improv for Anxiety group, for example, who were just not there yet. Their fear of judgment was so strong and so tangible. Sometimes that can actually be quite traumatizing to really push people into an environment that they're not ready for. Yeah. And so I would often recommend trying a few sessions individual first. And so that's where they start to practice uh, expressing this voice that they have and, and having that voice validated that, oh, everything you're offering right now is so meaningful and important and we want to hear it. And so there were a few people that did that. And then they were like, when can I join the group? So it's like, and it was, it's so nice to see that, that graduation. Mm. Uh, but absolutely, it's it's definitely an approach that can help people strengthen that voice that they have. And um, at the moment, um, you've mentioned that you're running a business called Local Well. Can you tell mm. us a little bit about that? Yeah, Local Well is a tiny little baby business. Uh, <laughs> I launched it a couple of weeks, uh, not a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago now. Yeah. And it's still kind of growing into what it's meant to be, which I'm still not sure what that is. But for me, a big part of 
what I realized during the pandemic and everyone experiencing such levels of isolation and and kind of struggling through and navigating things on their own. And like I said, I, I gave up my practice. And so I thought to myself, well, is there another way that I could create maybe an online community hub where people can eventually feel comfortable to come and share their voice, share their projects, learn something new? And um, so what it is right now, it's uh, it's a blog, it's a YouTube channel, and I have my Instagram account where I'm kind of testing the waters. I'm sharing different types of content, little how-tos in the world of creativity, uh, wellness tips and how it's related to creativity, mm. a little bit about my own personal experience. I know sometimes we don't always see the, the struggle that goes behind creative projects. We often see the final results and we're like, well, I can't do that. Yeah. So I guess humanizing creativity in a way uh, through the Local Well Initiative and eventually, you know, when things safely start opening up, I'd love to use that as a springboard to launch new workshops. Um, and I've noticed just from your whole approach and sort of having a little look at Local Well, it's incredibly fun. Yeah. And I've seen poppets, I've seen you with wigs <laughs> on and, um, you know, really getting into it. It's, it's very fun. Is there oh, something about you. this essence of fun that helps creativity? Or is that just that's you, that's your personality. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. I kind of going hand in hand with creativity. I've also been a huge advocate of, of being playful and working through things through humor. I think that there is a place for that. And I don't think enough people have a place to do that. Um, we, when we think about healing and growth and therapy, we often think very, very hard, very sad, very, um, it's a tough emotional experience, and it certainly is. Yeah. Uh, but I think that there's also a space where we can work through things by finding the light and finding the humor. And, oh, you know, the weight on our shoulders, just trying to navigate this world, it's, it's already so heavy. And so I think the more opportunities we have to add a little bit of laughter... This can be so therapeutic. So I've got a, quite a big question for you next. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, what is or what do you think creativity is? How could you define creativity? It, it's so funny because with Local Well, some of my initial posts and videos were defining creativity. But I still don't know how to answer this question, even though I've done all the work to define it. Because to me, it's so fluid. It's so subjective. Um I think, you know, on paper, creativity is making or building something new that has meaning or purpose, which again, in itself is so subjective. Uh, but for me personally, um, creativity is, it's so funny. I feel like English, which is my first language, is actually my second language. I think creativity is how I connect with people and with myself. Mm. I think one of the biggest blessings of studying drama therapy was I learned so much about myself because the human language is funny. We can, we can use it to express ourselves, but we can also use it to hide behind. And creativity is such a vulnerable, raw thing. It's, it's nearly impossible to, to hide behind it. So for me, creativity, if I'm feeling something or if I want to express something, I do it through song. I do it through writing. I do it through comedy. And that's how I process things. 
it's very rare that I sit down to talk to someone and I'm like, can I talk this through? And I walk away being like, great, solved, processed, healed. Um, I, I need something more. Yeah. And so long answer short is creativity is my language for communicating. I love that. Yeah, I, I made a little note there saying creativity is your first language. I just thought yeah. that was beautiful, really Aww. lovely. Um, and then I have been asking people, have you always been creative? But it seems a bit of a silly <laughs> question because most people are like, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I love that question because I, I'm curious. I'm curious if there are people out there who are like, I became creative yesterday. Um, I think it's possible some people's creativity is, has has not had the chance to grow or emerge. I think that's very possible. But for me, 100%. Since the day I was born, I I also acknowledge that it, it can be such a privilege and a blessing to grow up in an environment where you can really nurture that creativity. And I'm so grateful to my parents, my siblings... Um, for celebrating that and encouraging that. And I think that's um, a really good point because I think a lot of people I've spoken to or people that I know that work in creative fields or industries or jobs have had that support from family or friends or through education mm -hmm. in some way. And those people that kind of lose their way and don't end up doing creative things and maybe return to it yeah. later in life haven't had the encouragement and support to develop creativity and be supported in that and I think that's a real shame and like you're saying about the ebb and flow mm -hmm. we I think we do all start creative but I think some people unfortunately it all tails off and it disappears out of our grasp as maybe we get a bit sensible <laughs> yeah absolutely and again it goes back to some of the societal messages we're given which is you know well what are the jobs that we're told are respectable at least for me and my group of friends you know, there's there's certain fields. And when you said, I, I want to be an actor, it was kind of like, oh, like, do you really want to be an actor? It's very competitive. And, you know, funny story, I almost fell off the, the creativity wagon because I, I took my first year of university in theater and that voice got to me that you shouldn't do this. And so I switched to psychology thinking, oh, I'm going to be a psychologist which in itself is a very creative field. Uh, but luckily I rediscovered uh, the creative arts therapies world, which kind of put two and two together. And so I was very grateful for that. Uh, I wonder where I'd be if I stuck with any of those paths. But but yes, very grateful for where I've ended up. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and is there is there anything that inspires you the most? It inspires you to great, and it could be subject matter, artists, theater, absolutely anything at all. What inspires you? More recently, I've been thinking a lot about, especially during the pandemic, I, I can speak for myself and I think lots of people can relate. I've been consuming content online like there's no tomorrow. Like just constant screen time, social media. It's, it's such a bad habit. And it kind of got me to this place where I'm like, what is the point? Like, what are we trying to do here? And that's where it re-inspired what inspires me, <laughs> which is asking the question, why? Mm. Why do we do things and why do we watch things and why do we consume certain types of art or creativity? Because I think that's where many people are losing their way. 
mm. is we're some people are creating just for the sake of creating to get views or likes or exposure. But I think the things that are meant to last and have long-lasting effects on the creator and the audience are when you ask why and you have a very strong answer to that. Mm. And so since realizing that, I realized a lot of the art and creativity that I've been consuming that make me feel good and fulfilled are those that are addressing um, social issues, whether it's through satire or poetry or it's something that I feel very, very close to. You know, there's it's been a tough year with a lot of tragedies, which we won't get into, but it's it's also rerouted some of the work that I've started to write. So the sketches, I've been doing a lot of research and training and satire comedy because I I want to play a part in that. That does inspire me and and I think that'll re reawaken my sense of purpose is if I can add my voice to that conversation because I think it's such an important one to have. And have you ever been like I'm gonna ask you also best piece of advice you've been given regarding creativity but it's more about is there anything that somebody has said to you that's just really stuck with you as being super helpful when it comes to developing your creativity for sure so with this question the first thing that comes to mind um i have a very dear friend who i'm going to shout out rebecca durance hein we went to art school together and uh we reconnected last fall since moving back to Ontario and we went out for coffee and and I was kind of expressing a few creative blocks that I was having and and she seemed to be on fire with just embracing all her creative projects. I was like, what? How do you how do you do it? Like, how can I get rid of these blocks? And and something she told me that I think is such an important reminder is, you know, I think it's common for creators to fall into a pattern of thinking well, what's the point of me adding my voice to this conversation when it's already such a saturated pool of projects and art and, you know, voices already? There's already so much there. Why? What's going to be different about mine? And she said, you know, the most important thing you can remind yourself is no matter what you add to the conversation, no one will be able to recreate that because you are your own person and you'll put your own spin on it. And someone will hear it and connect to it. You know, that's that's the beauty of being human and not robots is that we will all have our own unique spin on our creative work. And so that was a really, I, I'm very grateful for that reminder. And anytime I feel that block of, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't post this video or I shouldn't do this. What's the point? Who's going to care? I remember what she told me in the fall. I was like, yeah, you're right it's worth it yeah I think that's wonderful advice and I think I've had discussions before with the other artists and creatives that you know if you're painting a flower it's like well flowers been painted all the time everyone's painted a flower everybody's painted this but only you have your DNA and only you will make the brush stroke in a certain way so every voice is different and every voice is unique and only you have your viewpoint and that's what Mm. makes art, art and something creative it's it's your viewpoint on the world and mm. your opinion and everybody's opinion is very valid, I think. <laughs> so Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of following on from advice you've been given and um, do you have favorite books or like a favorite quote or anything about creativity that you'd like to recommend or tell everyone, please read this, go and find this. That you think <laughs> it's just the best thing ever. Or 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, a few things come to mind. I'm going to start, I initially started to laugh a little bit because when you said, or a quote, uh, <laughs> if any of my previous clients are listening to this, they're going to laugh because there's a quote that I would not shut up about, <laughs> which is that growth happens through discomfort. And this one, it's one of my favorites. I really do need to put it on a t-shirt and wear it around because it's so true. And it's such a comforting reminder that if I'm feeling uncomfortable, it means I've stepped out of my comfort zone. And that's where the magic happens. That means I'm learning something. I'm growing uh, within reason, obviously. Mm. But uh, anyway, so that's my favorite quote by far. Growth happens through discomfort. And oh, there's so many. There's so many coming to mind. Okay, I'll share, I'll share one more quote. And then very quickly, I, I do have a book here that I just want to shout out. Uh, so the other quote I love, it, it, it's terminology that comes from the improv world. I actually don't know if it's used in any other setting, but it's follow your foot. Have you ever heard that term before? No. Follow your foot. So uh, in improvisation, for anyone who hasn't been to a show, just very quickly, a very common setup you'll see are the actors. It's a little troupe. They stand on the back of the wall of the stage. And when they feel inspired to join a scene happening, they just step in and they just join right in. And that's the art of spontaneity and improv. And when I was training my first couple levels of improv, there was one class where we were practicing and I was on stage and standing against that back wall. And all of a sudden my teacher goes, Lisa, follow your foot. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I and I didn't realize, but I kept having the urge to join a scene, which was obvious because my foot kept going forward, but then I would bring it back <laughs> out of fear, like we were talking about at the beginning, because of that voice of, oh, no, my idea is stupid. No, filter, done. I'm not doing it. It's scary. And so when I realized that I was doing this, that was my instinct and my spontaneity telling me, you have something to offer and then my brain shut it down. So so I started to exercise that muscle and that became a huge part of the Improv for Anxiety program because that can be applied everywhere in life. Follow your foot. So these urges, like don't filter yourself, trust those instincts because they're so powerful. That's a good one. I like that one. Oh, I love that one. I've, I've written that down. <laughs> I'm gonna be telling people to follow their feet. <laughs> yes, follow your foot. Another t-shirt. I have to write these down. Yeah, um, you need to make some t-shirts, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, Local Well does have a gift shop. That <laughs> little, little plug. But uh, okay, and last but not least, I'll share the book that... So for me, my attention span is very, very minimal. So to sit down and read a whole book, I find very, very challenging. So I love books that have little snippets, little stories, little quotes. And one I picked up recently that anytime I need a little boost of inspiration, I just go to this book and I read another chapter. It's called In the Company of Women. So it's written by Grace Bonney. It's a New York Times bestseller. I think there's a few editions of it, but it's inspiration and advice from over a hundred makers, artists, and entrepreneurs who identify as female. And they're just like two or three page interviews about basically exactly what you're doing with your podcast, asking them about their creative practice, how they got started, what inspires them. And there's beautiful photography of them in their workspace, which I love. I love seeing where people, where the magic happens. Oh, me too. 
Yeah. So, oh, the photography. After getting this book, I was like, I'm going to become a workspace photographer. Like, I just, (laughs) so very inspiring stuff. So highly recommend it. Fantastic. Yeah, I have heard of that book. I was just looking at my bookshelf. um, I was like, I'm sure I have this one, but I've got a similar but different book. So um, I'm going to be adding that to my um, rather large art bookshelf, I think. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Good. Uh, No, thank you for sharing that. Those are fantastic. And um, the, the last kind of question, which again, it, it could be quite a nice big open question, is do you have any tips or advice for our listeners for developing their creativity or sustaining a regular creative practice? Uh, so this might sound a little bit silly, but I, I might have a little song to sing. Please do. You're very welcome to sing. Because that's who I am. Uh, what One of the best or worst things to ever happen in my life was learning four chords on a ukulele. Um, <laughs> It depends if you're me or the people living with me. But so podcast listeners, I can see a ukulele now. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize in advance. But um, no, so it's so funny that you asked this question because literally this week on Monday, I, I don't know, you might have you might have heard the song already if you were going through some of my stuff, but I posted this song uh, about a message for people who are trying to embrace creativity and feeling a bit stuck and... And so I wrote this little tune. It's called Patience is Key to Creativity. Have you ever had a thought of a project to pursue? But you're feeling kind of weak and you don't know what to do. Just remember to be kind and give yourself some time because the project will be waiting till you find that new peace of mind. Have you ever had a thought pop into your head? But some days you're feeling hard to climb up out of bed. Just remember to be kind and give yourself some time cause the project will be waiting till you find that new peace of mind. Ideals will be there waiting, even need some incubating. There's really no debating that it's hard to start creating. And if you're ever feeling slow, there's something you should know. That with creativity, patience is key. So if you ever have that thought, I don't think I can do it, I'll happily remind you that it's way too soon to quit it. And remember to be kind and give yourself some time, cause the world will be here waiting till you find that new peace of mind. my little jingle about creativity fantastic i love it it's brilliant absolutely brilliant so that's the first um the first song that i've had on the podcast so thank you so much for sharing that with me it's brilliant you are welcome and i'm sorry if i blew out the microphone but uh yeah so that that's it and because this is something i often have to remind myself when i'm embracing my creative practice is is it's normal for things not to happen overnight and, and sometimes you do need to just put something on a shelf, let it simmer, let it incubate, and then come back to it. Um, I had, uh, just a side note, I, I wrote a musical over the course of two or three years. I started writing the songs and, and I put them on the shelf for about a year. I was like, I'm never writing a musical. What am I doing? And then one day I woke up. And all of a sudden, that's all I wanted and needed to do was take those songs and turn it into something. And 
And I'm so grateful. And that's the magic of creativity is don't give up. Just say, maybe this just needs time to sit mm. before you close the door. Fantastic. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that. Um, well, I think... Um, I think we've talked about a lot over the course of our um, interview together. <laughs> yeah. We've covered a lot. We've had a sing. I say we've had a sing song. You've had a sing song. <laughs> I've just listened in wonder because I, I don't do the singing. So I think that's amazing. Um, oh, so yeah, I just want to. And also, um, how can people find you? That's the other thing I wanted to find out. So if people are looking online. Where can they find you? Uh, I think right now the best place would be to. Uh, you can either find me on the website localwell.ca. Uh, or if you have Instagram, come find me on Instagram, which is at local underscore well underscore Canada. So at local well Canada. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. And I'll share those links within the show notes um, of the podcast as well so that listeners can click on it and um, find you there. Um, so lovely. So I will just finish by saying thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been absolutely wonderful to chat about creativity um, and all your experience and fun. And yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Susan, for doing this and good luck with your other interviews. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Take care. Well, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that conversation that I had with Lisa. I think the song at the end was an absolute highlight and a treat and something I've not had on the podcast before. And she completely surprised me with it when she brought the ukulele out and started singing. I absolutely loved it. I think for me, I've got, let's say, three big takeaways from this particular episode. I think the first one is her definition of creativity as being a language. And the quote that I'm going to pick out of this episode is that creativity is my language for communication. Absolute gold. I also like the fact that she talked about growth comes from discomfort and putting yourself outside of your comfort zone is where you grow. It's where you challenge yourself, is where creativity can really spark and happen and fly. And finally, I really liked the improvisation um, tactic of following your foot. I think we perhaps all need to follow our feet a little bit more. So once again, I wanted to say a huge thank you to Lisa for coming on to the show, to chatting with me about creativity, but also not just Lisa, to every other single person that I've had on the show and to those future guests who I have already interviewed or are on my hit list who have been sharing their thoughts about creativity because it's such an interesting and fascinating topic. So thank you for listening and I will see you next week. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of creativity talks to see the show notes and to find out more about how you can get more creative go to www.creativitytalkspodcast.co.uk or search for the hashtag creativity talks if you enjoyed the show please let other people know about it by sharing this episode or the podcast webpage. you can also leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on all reviews and recommendations are deeply appreciated and help to ensure that I can continue to make more episodes and inspire as many people as possible. Take care and stay creative. <laughs>